Hey, it's Stephanie, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by grant funding from the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Hello, everyone. It's Haney, and I am back with another episode for season four. Can you believe it? Because I can't. (laughs) If you listened into the unscripted a few weeks ago, you probably heard that this year is all about you. What role do you play? How can you impact your practices so that they're the best that they can be? We have a lot of things to cover in the year of you, and I'm ready to go. My first solo episode for this year is something that I've seen a lot of, and I want to address it to hopefully help others. If you read the title, the topic is Unoccupied Wait Time. This isn't a big, commonly known phrase in early childhoods, like developmentally appropriate practice or milestones or something like that, so you're not behind the times any at all. Actually, it's really just something that I made up. (laughs) But now that I've coined it internally, I see it everywhere. So it has a name and I've seen it, but what exactly is it? Unoccupied wait time is really just like it sounds. It's any time that children are waiting. They're waiting on you or a classmate or a timer or any number of periods in the day where they just wait. And the second part of that is that it's unoccupied, meaning they have nothing to do. Their minds wander, their bodies wander, (laughs) and many times that's a struggle for us. Oh, they needed to stand in line so we could move to the restroom, but they just kept hitting one another. Or, oh, he was supposed to wait quietly in his chair before leaving the table, but he ended up rocking on two legs, and you know what happens when that happens. He flipped over. Want another example? We were taking turns sharing about her favorite animal at circle time, and she just kept interrupting others. Trust me. I could go on all day with these examples. These are just, just goes to show examples of unoccupied wait time. They have nothing to do physically or mentally, and so they find something to do. That's another one of the phrases we say a lot of. If children don't have anything to do, they will find something to do. So what does this unoccupied wait time mean? It means that children are left hanging with, like I said, nothing to do. They're in this kind of swirly-twirly space when there's not a lot of clear direction or clear expectations, at least not expectations that are developmentally appropriate and align with what their bodies and their minds are naturally inclined to do. We want them to sit still in a chair for three minutes while their friends rotate through washing hands and using the restroom. But... What keeps them entertained? Think about your own self. Think about you as an adult. When you go to the grocery store and it's time to check out, how do you assess the lines? Do you just jump in one and stand and wait? Probably not, right? Most of you look for the shortest line or the line that we know will go the fastest. I'm not going to stand behind somebody with a cart full of groceries when one register away there's a person with two items. Why do we do that? Well, 
that's wait time. We are checking out each of the lines and choosing one that has the least amount of waiting time because we are looking to eliminate wait time. And then once you get in line and you know it will be a while, what do you do? You pop out your phone and you check your Facebook updates. You double check the groceries that you got to make sure the 10 things that you're leaving with include at least the two things you came in for. Uh, Or what else? You people watch? You think about what's next on your errands list or you shoot a text to a friend? So do you see where I'm going here yet? We as adults can't stand unoccupied wait time either. We don't do well at it. But we have the option to pull out our phone or know enough to start making mental lists or doing something to occupy us. Our children don't have that option And they've not yet developed the self-direction, the self-regulation to do some of that internal thinking that we do. Instead, their cues to occupy themselves comes out in bothering a neighbor or being wiggly or any number of things. So the year of you, we need to look at ourselves and how we can help our children. We should be working towards one, eliminating or reducing the amount of wait time And two, if that wait time is just inevitable, finding ways to create occupied wait time instead of unoccupied. This might mean looking at your transitions. Are they self-paced and responsive in that every child can go on their own speed and go when they need to? Or do you batch them together and group them up? Best practice would say you allow for individualized support. As children finish their lunch, they can get up from the table and wash their hands. Having 15 children sitting at the table after lunch with nothing to do, (coughs) unoccupied, just leads to a need for behavior management. Instead, can we reduce the time that they're waiting? Can they go ahead and get up and wash their hands and move to their mats with a book or something quiet to do once they're done? So first... We look at the amount of time that children are waiting. Waiting for you to put names on papers for your art activity. Waiting on the rest of the class to stand in line so they can go outside. Waiting for a classmate to say what their favorite color is. The more times we put children in a position that they have to wait, the less likely they'll be able to do so successfully. Ooh, gonna hit that one again. The more times we put children in a position that they have to wait, the less likely they'll be able to do so successfully. Once we've taken out as much waiting time as possible, now we look for ways to turn unoccupied into occupied. And I promise you, this does not have to be difficult. It's really just anything that you know that will keep your children engaged. And bonus points, if it's mentally and physically engaged, get those wiggly bodies going. Maybe that's singing a song or a finger play as a group. Maybe it's playing Simon Says. Maybe you ask them to reflect inside their brains on what they're going to talk about next. You could play I Spy. You could challenge them to see who can stand on one foot the longest. You could ask them to high-five a neighbor, then high foot, then high knee. You could ask them to see where they see the color blue, red, purple. 
You could even ask them to lick their elbows. Whatever. <laughs> that's that's a sight that I want to see. 15 preschoolers licking their elbows. Or trying to. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that you are making an effort to intentionally engage them. No downtime. When we have downtime, we lose focus. And our bodies, minds, and mouths start doing things that we're not supposed to do. Instead, when we have an adult who acts as a ringleader, yes, this is our circus, <laughs> we are able to stay occupied and engaged, which doesn't leave much space or time for unwelcome behavior. So if your mind has become unoccupied and you're turn- tuning back into occupied for this episode, just a quick recap, a quick summary. If children don't have something to do, they will find something to do. So, in the year of you, let's claim that and be intentional towards fixing it. Instead of spending our time guiding children and getting after them for things that they are just going to do naturally, fix the difficulty so it doesn't even have a chance to happen. Then, for the times that you can't eliminate the waiting, become the ringleader. Distraction is a powerful thing. Find ways to fill that time to keep their minds tuned in and their bodies having a purpose. Again, find ways to fill that time to keep their minds tuned in and their bodies having a purpose. Keep your toolbox full of ways to keep them engaged and you'll find yourself having smoother days and better behavior. And until next time, I wish you well. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casito Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Casito Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families, Child Care, and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email us at kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at at kidsthesedayspod. Be sure to check out the resources for this episode in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, review, and hit subscribe. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Stephanie Haney and music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod.